everyone. This is Myra with Halipuli's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. So today, Claudia is here and we're going to chat about mm, subtle energies and see where that takes us. Hi, Myra. Thanks for having me again. So a part of what we share at Hale Pule is, well, we have another podcast other than Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga, which is Spark Your Intuition, where, Myra, you lead intuitive energy practices, uh, a type of meditation that supports people to run their energy and get in touch with their intuition. And you also work with clients to do healings. So we have these other aspects and offerings through Hale Pule that perhaps don't always get as much airtime. And you more have your regular people that you've been seeing for a long time that come to you for healings and fans of that podcast as well. So I'd really like to talk today about your journey with these more subtle aspects and energy. When did you first feel that you were interested in working with the energies? Was it something that you seeked out or something that happened to you? Did you have any experiences that you wanted to share about that made you think you wanted to dive a little deeper into exploring it? Maybe we could start there. Mm -hmm. Okay. I had many experiences as a child, most of which were written off to, to being crazy. The, the few times I attempted to talk about things, that's, that's where the conversation went. So I stopped talking about it. <laughs> and then in my early adult life, there were also some occasions where, where things happened that I didn't understand. And I also didn't understand why sometimes my life would just go along as if one was surfing, you know, or skiing down a mountain, just smooth and going. And then other times it was completely stopped up and quite constipated. And so in my mm, 30s, I was introduced to these tools I was taken to, to a class that was teaching these tools, and there was a big sign on the door that said, you're not crazy, you're just psychic. So two beautiful men from earlier in life had put this together and started teaching people about their energy. And they attempted to do it in a way that was very neutral, so that we could all get past some of the religious training we had and to get past the, the notion that everything had to be physical in order to be real. And so as I continued to work with these folks and learn these tools, the tools are really meant to be used in daily life. So we learn them by closing our eyes and going inside because we need to do that. <laughs> to convince ourselves that something that's not physical is not only real, but that I actually could have some control over it. 
I could have some impact there. These things were enormous in my life. I've been involved in meditation yoga for already a few years. And then it came at the time that I came to Ayurveda. And my life started to change pretty dramatically then when I started using these tools. Because I, I always felt like I was out of control. I felt like I had no ability to say no when I wanted to say no. And anyone I got around, it felt like they were just right almost in my body. And you know, sometimes that seemed like it felt pretty good at first. <laughs> and sometimes it really didn't. These days I hear people say, oh, I'm an empath. And that, well, my understanding of that is that, yes, some of us, our constitutions are such that we are a little bit more sensitive than others. However, we all have the same ability. It's just a matter of whether we engage it. But those of us with a little bit lighter, more lightness in the constitution, we do tend to be a little bit sometimes overly sensitive. And a lot of that has to do with our energy and how we manage it. People with a lot of vata dosha in their constitution then will tend to have a lot of movement, a lot of lightness there, that if not well managed, if things are not in balance, then uh, we feel everything that everybody else feels. I could walk down the street and I could feel the pain that a dog is having. I'd feel it in the back of my legs. Yeah. Things like that. When someone talks about something, I start feeling pain in my body, right? So that doesn't happen very often anymore. And that's really nice that it doesn't because I have enough of my own pain. <laughs> and I'm not really helpful to that person by taking on their energy. So when I learn how to manage my own energy is when I can actually be most present for someone else. That's when I can become a good listener. A, a good listener is not one who takes on somebody else's pain. A good listener is someone who, who is, stays present. And uh, I like to use the example is that if I'm at the top of the stairs and the person I'm with is at the bottom of the stairs and they feel like they're in a hole, I don't want to go down the, into the hole I need to put my hand out and offer them some assistance to come up the stairs. So in other words, to raise their vibration up. And that's a very different thing. It's the difference between saying, oh, I'm worried about somebody, rather than actually talking to them and being present with them and finding out, how can I support you? It's a different thing. So these tools, then how does that all that relate to our intuition? Well, of course, our intuition, you could say, is our deepest connection to our heart. It's the connection to the flow of our life force. It's when we're aligned with what we may regard as the source of the universe, or the God of your heart. So when, when I have that, yeah, that's when the life just unfolds and we're just moving through it. 
So this intuition, it's it's not it's not this one little box that we make happen. It's it's me being in touch with my whole being and allowing that actually to flow, then I actually can access it when I need to. And it's not something I think, oh, I'll access my intuition. <laughs> the moment I'm doing that, I'm probably not there. But if I'm not thinking about it and just allowing myself to be present, then these tools are what help us to get the energy aligned, like you said, yeah. and to recognize when an obstacle comes up, you know, that's something from my past, that I don't have to sit with it. I can see it for what it is, and I could continue to let my life flow. And what you said, it's something that we all have inside of us, that we all have the ability to do, but we've we've probably been trained and conditioned away from it or from trusting it. So we've kind of pushed it down and numbed it out, a lot of us. So these tools are the bridge that are there between us and accessing that deep knowing and that we can build that trust over time by practising and by using the tools, and I really enjoy at Hale Pule how we bring those practices in and we do it in our staff meetings and we're encouraged to do it when we work with clients as well and with each other, that we make it a part of every day. Yes, the more we can make these practices, we call the intuitive energy practice, as part of our life, we, we stay in touch with our energy and they're very simple and it's short. They're, they're not only simple, but we can just take one at a time and then convince ourselves with the experience of it. You touched on something before about that label of an empath and how you had experienced it before as feeling the energy of other people around you or a dog on the street and that kind of thing. And I think that a lot of us can relate to matching other people's energy. You use that word matching that I found quite helpful. So, you know, we might be in a heated conversation with someone and they energetically take it to a place and you just feel yourself go there. You match that energy and in those heightened times, it really is helpful to have the tools that you've provided in the IEP practices of how to stay in your own energy and to diffuse that matching or that intensity. Right, exactly, yes. It goes with the intensity and it goes with the lower vibration too. If you've ever come into a conversation, for example, and somebody's complaining and they're, and then they're stuck in their problems. It goes in both directions. And it's not that we may never do it again, but with practice, we can take ourselves out of it very quickly. In other words, you might match and you and you start to get a little bit worked up. And the moment though, you realize it, 
you can get a little distance from it using the tools. And once you can get a little distance, then you can listen again. <laughs> and, then, and then you can let some of that heat calm down and start to see you know, what's most important here. And how can I get into solution instead of staying in the problem? And with the intuition piece, I've noticed that Ayurveda and yoga is incredibly complementary to it because with the food and the practices that cultivate sattva, our field is much clearer and we're able to connect with that intuition. So when we're having, say, if we're listening to a lot of intense music or eating foods that might be more tamasic in nature, we're not able to access those more subtle realms and those, those messages that are available to us if we're having those more, um, if we're cultivating more sattva through lifestyle and diet. Mm -hmm. Right. It does. It makes all the difference in our ability to turn in the direction of sattva and to make those choices. And then the more we do it, just like anything, it accumulates. But if I'm consuming a lot of rajasic and tamasic food, it does. It makes it much more difficult. This is where the tools are very helpful because there might be times, for example, where you would be around a lot of stimulation. I don't know. Maybe you chose to go to a sporting event that's very loud and stimulating. And after that kind of an event, without any tools, we might make more choices that go in that direction, that principle in nature, like attracts like. And with tools, we start to see, ah, I can see that I am overstimulated. And do I want to keep going in that direction? So it gives us just enough space to be able to make better choices, which then allows us to, to keep ourselves moving in the direction of sattva. Yeah. If people are listening to this and they feel that their interests are peaked and as a little jump starter, they'd like to have a healing with you and maybe they're not really sure what to expect could you share a little bit about what happens in the healing what that process is like uh yes it's actually very simple and the healing is 30 minutes it's we're both participating so i'm working with you to move energy that's not you or energy that's stuck but you're always in control you can put it back but then we also look for how can that vibration shift and what you do on that subtle level to replace what might have been removed. So it's, it's not the easiest thing to talk about, actually. <laughs> Don't know that I ever have before. Uh, other than when we sit down to do that together, th that's basically what's happening. I'm inviting you as the person who's receiving the healing to just be in this mode of letting go and to allow and just see what happens. But it's also a hello to each of us, actually, but to the person receiving the healing, a hello to the spirit. This is 
what happens when we say we align our energy or when we're connected to our intuition, all the words and ways of describing it that we have. I've said hello to my spiritual self and I'm doing things that are going to help me stay connected there. Yeah. It's probably not very easy to explain either because it's such a unique experience with each person and each time that person has a healing as well, it's going to be different. When you sit down together, you're going to observe different things about the the clearing and the work that will take place together. Right. That's right. And so it's one of those moments where if it's right for us, we trust that, take that step. And that's one of the things that gives us the idea that, okay, I'm aligning my energy. I'm aligning with myself. And it's also a very good practice for all of us to not know what's going to happen next and to be okay with that. (laughs) Mm, That makes it fun. Yes, it does. Okay, well, that's all we have time for today. Thanks, Claudia, for being here. This is, I enjoyed the conversation so much. And thanks to everybody for listening. And as a reminder, we offer trainings and mentoring and consultations to guide you in your journey with Ayurveda and yoga and vibrant living. And so if you're ready to take a next step, visit halepule.com. That's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E dot com. Until next time. In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution. Halipule's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our tridoshic approach to create nourishing meals, join Simple Ayurvedic Cooking with Halipule. Their recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.